gotta tell somebody. This is the best thing I've ever seen. That. Let's talk about that. Let's you talk need about this. That. Listen to this. Memorable and exciting. Well, then be less boring. I'm gonna tell everyone. Wait here. Might have remarkable big daddy. Welcome to Remarkable, a podcast for B2B marketers that deconstructs the most iconic moments in film, television, pop culture, and advertising for a single purpose, to give you, the B2B marketer, the same storytelling techniques that the pros use. In each episode, you will learn techniques from Hollywood, Pixar, Marvel, and beyond, from Spielberg's hands to yours, bringing remarkable content ideas to you every single week. I'm Ian Faison, CEO of Caspian Studios. This is Remarkable. This week, we're going to be talking about B2B marketing lessons from Corporate Bro and how to use satire in your marketing. Hi, I'm Corporate Bro, sales guru and relationship architect. Let me guess, you had hopes and dreams like everyone else, but somewhere along the way, you f***ed up and stumbled into sales. Not only is sales fun and rewarding, but it's actually neither of those things. Meredith. What the heck is Corporate Bro? So Corporate Bro is a sketch comedy character that satirizes corporate sales life. Ross Pomerantz is the guy who does it. He's the mastermind behind the character and the series. He is first and foremost a salesperson, but he's also a content creator, corporate speaker, and entrepreneur. And he's from Atlanta, Georgia originally. So he's the one that writes, produces, and stars in these sketches. He started making these six-second videos when Vines were still a thing back in 2013, if you all remember Vines, way back when. And that was when he started uh, his first tech sales job, and that was at Oracle. And for the first like seven years, he didn't make any money from Corporate Bro, which is wild, because now he makes a full salary's worth from his like normal day job in about one month from his speaking engagements, which is so crazy. And so now he's performed for companies like Dropbox, Smartsheet, and Salesforce. And his YouTube, which he started in 2016, has over 25 million subscribers. Ross actually holds an MBA from Stanford, and his current, as far as I know, his current full-time day job is um, in leadership at Bravado. Anyway, he has advice for other corporate bros or other people in the sales world, and he says that is to focus on being mentally tough, to pick up the phone, to make mistakes, to realize that no matter how mad someone may get, it doesn't matter, because at the end of the day, sadness. Sales can be summed up in one great acronym. Sadness. Sales are dope. Never, ever stop selling. So Colin, our featured guest today, why the heck do you love Corporate Bro? So I started my sales career about six years ago. And I'm sitting in the office on the sales floor. And all of my coworkers are dying laughing in the corner. And so I go over, I'm like, what are you guys looking at? And it's corporate bro on Instagram. And so I'm like, oh, you got to send that to me. And so I spent the rest of my day just scrolling through his videos. And just I, I could not stop watching them and hysterically laughing. Once you're in sales, you can never get out unless you die. And so what makes it so funny is that Ross, who is corporate bro, used to be in sales. So he understands the dynamic of it and all of the, the lingo and all everything that goes along with it. Forget the fact that you're human and accept that you're just a number. And he's also hilarious. 
So the content that he makes are these short video clips, pretty much making fun of a day in the life of a sales rep. Performance enhancers are not only acceptable, but necessary. Coffee, cocaine, Adderall, cocaine, and drugs. Specifically like a software sales rep in Silicon Valley, which is pretty similar to what I was doing. So for me, it was absolutely hysterical. It's kind of like watching Saturday Night Live with the skits, except it's super niche. So whatever they're making fun of is like so specific to what you do. So you really understand it, which makes it even funnier in my opinion. Oh, gotta take this. What's going on Jimbo, you cheap sack So I recently saw on LinkedIn that he was making an eight episode video series with Bravado Sales and Scratchpad, which I thought was fascinating because we always talk about innovating B2B content. And I thought this was super innovative and wanted to talk about it. Yeah, when I saw the trailer, and sort of similarly as someone who was in sales early in their career, all of those things are, are so funny. But when I saw that movie trailer that they just dropped for Sales Are Dope. Bull breathe, bro. You got this, dude. Sales are dope. Go freaking kill it, dog. For this series. I mean, it's just so cool looking. It's beautifully shot. You can see the, uh, the story looks really cool. And it seems like the culmination of a decade of this brand and this work. And uh, I couldn't see a way that this thing won't be a hit. And it's really cool to see a company and a business and sort of like embrace that, that piece. And one of the reasons why all of this is so successful is obviously because it is satire. So Meredith, let's get into the psychology of satire. Yeah, so satire is a type of humor. It's a bit dark and I would say is akin to sarcasm. Uh, it uses irony, exaggeration, and or ridicule, and it's used to demonstrate somebody's faults. So it's targeted humor. We see it often within politics, religion, and celebrities, really anyone famous or high profile. Here it's salespeople. Take the values your mom taught you, like integrity and honesty, and just throw them out the window. And uh, it's generally seen as antagonistic. There's a humor scholar named George Test who describes satire as having four characteristics, aggression, play, laughter, and judgment. And satirists adopt, kind of a take on this persona of a well-known person, whoever they're targeting, and they feign sympathy for them to expose their faults. So they're kind of like playing this character and showing all of their like downsides. And really for the jokes to work, the audience has to get that the comedian or humorist isn't being serious, right? And I think I point that out because it's like, can be a very dry sense of humor. And so it's kind of tongue in cheek. And there also can be risk to whoever is making the jokes, right? For the comedian comic or humorist. Um, and the risk is of retaliation of whoever they're targeting. This kind of like was the first thing that popped into my head for an example, which is um, in 2015, the headquarters of this French satirical newspaper ca called um, Charlie Hebdo was attacked. And it was after they published these satirical comics about the Islamic prophet Muhammad, and the attackers were reportedly from Al-Qaeda. So there is definitely a risk for um, retaliation. So anyway, to kind of avoid that, there is this balance that the humorist has to play between play and judgment. And 
to go back to George Tess's hypothesis, he says to permit satiric expression without offending its target to the point of inviting retaliation. So there definitely is a balance there. I think one of the things about corporate bro personally, when you you watch Ross's work and and, and you know it's a it's a character that he's that he's playing obviously, is you can see how much he loves sales you know, and loves being a salesperson and loves salespeople while knowing that they need to be made fun of because there's so much ridiculous stuff that happens. Confirming that we're still on for right now, you know, I saw you accepted the calendar invite and all that, so I thought maybe, you know, this time worked for you. So just let me know when you get a chance. And I think that he has that fine line where, like, to what you're saying about George Test, aggression, like, it's definitely, you know, very aggressive it's playful. It involves laughter and involves judgment of like, yeah, we are pretty ridiculous. You know, we do things that are, are not the norm. And I think instead of just being like, well, this is who we are. And, and very much like if like you wouldn't get it sort of a thing to just be a little bit more of an invitation. If you're not in sales to see this stuff too, and to think that it's funny, I think ultimately he is creating it for salespeople, but the fact that we can all sort of see it and embrace like how ridiculous this stuff is, but also like the serious side of this, like at the end of the day, you have to do a job. It's you know widely considered to be one of the most stressful, you know, jobs in the world. It's what makes you think I'm stress eating chocolate chips again, mom? Well, I'm not, not something that's like taught in college. Right. Even though it's, I think the number one profession in America is sales. And yet, you know, it's not something that's taught. So I think that that's, that's a piece to this, which is, there's tons of books that have been written about sales. There's tons of content out there. But at the end of the day, like when you're in sales, you are out there alone, sitting in whatever meeting or preparing for whatever meeting. And you just want to know that someone else out there understands. And I think that that's like, to me, what makes Corporate Bro like so good. Is it just, it connects with you in a way and lets you, you know, not take yourself too seriously when perhaps like your job is on the line if you don't close this deal or if you don't have a good quarter. Yeah, I mean, Q4 is not that much different than other quarters, <laughs> except the whole year's counting on it, so. And to his mission, I think really comes through. I agree. I think that in any job function in, in the business world, there's, there's all those things that go on throughout the day that are kind of unspoken and it's just, it's funny and it's almost a relief to see someone making fun of those things. And like you said, Ian, it's relatable. You're like, oh yeah, other people are feeling the same way or other people are going through the same exact thing that I'm going through. So I think that's why it works and it's just so relatable with, uh, with the audience. And I'll make sure to follow up with you every single day for the next three months, even though I know I'll never hear from you again. I think another piece that's really important to think about for corporate bro specifically and a lesson for marketers is that he's been doing this as multi-channel, multi-format content for a long, long time. And so many marketing channels or so many marketing initiatives, we want to run a test. want to say, okay, well, maybe we have this idea for corporate bro. We're going to test it for a month. It's like, if you had done that, it wouldn't have worked, right? Like it wouldn't have. If you had said, hey, we're going to do seven second videos, like it wouldn't have worked. But once you see this over and over and over and over again, right? Like 
it starts to build up. It builds a brand, that consistency, that repeatability. Every time you see a corporate bro video, you know that it's going to be really good. And that's an important lesson for marketers because A, he was making seven second videos, which is really hard, right? Like that was how Vine worked. So that's you had to back then. But if you can tell a story in seven seconds, then you can probably tell a story that's longer than that. B, it's like he was trying to evolve beyond just seven second videos into, you know, getting to longer form videos, to 30 second, to all that stuff, to building up, you know, the YouTube channel. He crushed YouTube as a platform to be able to share a lot of stuff there by sort of doing multi-format stuff. He's a massive LinkedIn presence where a lot of salespeople are constantly all day, every day. So he's creating content in various different lengths, publishing it on different platforms, and he's doing it consistently and repeatably. Catherine, please. Catherine? Catherine? Catherine. Yeah, and, no, Cat, Cat, Catherine, please. And that's super, super important. That's like, you can say, well, oh, be funny. Yeah, that's pretty hard to do. But what you can control as a marketer is consistent and repeatable. And that's like what he has done for a decade. And like, that is a pathway to winning. Agreed. And shout out to a company like Scratchpad, who has embraced that and embraced Ross's and Corporate Bro's narrative and also tone for their brands. Catherine, please. 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 I've seen some other companies kind of do similar plays where they're embracing a content creator within the space. I've seen Salesloft do it. I know Vidyard does it as well. I'm sure there's plenty of others that I'm not mentioning. But I think that's so innovative, especially with a B2B company, because yeah, you're, you have some content out there that's more serious content. Like so you probably have some white papers, some webinars, et cetera. And that's, that's fine. You should have all that. But there's also that angle of, all right, let's put out some other content that's a little more entertaining and relatable and fun. Goody, another day in Q4. And I think that as we continue on, I think we'll see more B2B brands kind of embracing creators within their space to create more content that is more entertaining for their audience. Yeah, I'm going to dig in there a little bit more on onto what you just said, Colin. So Scratchpad, they have a podcast called Beyond Quota. That's a video series as well, you know, that is with Corporate Bro. So they're doing things that you can listen on Spotify, watch on YouTube, listen on Apple Podcasts. So they're doing things there creating an extension of that to make this video series. So they're evolving their format. If they have 20 million subscribers, I mean, they've probably done hundreds of millions of impressions on their brand, right? And 25 million subs. So you're launching this to a massive population of people. All of us who know of Corporate Bro might give that series a shot. So you have a, a huge potential audience that they're going after. But they also have the content that's on their website that is more sales oriented. You're going to close them corporate? Oh, I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. That is focused on, you know, customer and prospect type, you know, eat your vegetables type content. And like, that's how you blend it. I would be really interested if you sat down with 100 CMOs and said, what percentage of your budget is for making funny stuff? 
probably zero for 99 out of 100. Not like, oh, what's your influencer budget? What percentage of your budget is to actually make your community laugh? And like, nobody does that Mm -hmm. stuff. Like, why? Mm -hmm. It makes no sense. We all like to laugh. It's a gateway to have uncomfortable conversations. I can't believe you just joined the call. I was totally expecting you to no-show me again. I thought about it, but I decided if I joined, it might stop your incessant daily emails. And I think that that's like a clear takeaway for me as like watching Corporate Bro is, hey, you should just have a budget for funny stuff. I feel like that's also why Corporate Bro works so well is that he doesn't shy away from like the faults of the sales world or like the uncomfortable conversations or like the hardness around it. Is that, was that, would that get this deal done? Would that get across the finish line? No. Like he's not like... Oh, sales is like such an incredible career path. That's super easy, like super rewarding every day. Like he makes fun of like all of the things that can go wrong and just like conversations that they're having daily. She was just like, I don't know what she was like. She just didn't respond. And I feel like he, by doing that, just by being like really transparent about it, he's connecting a lot more with his audience. He's not trying to like sugarcoat it in a way where a lot of brands do try to make it look a little more fluffy and nicer and they don't kind of like open up about the reality of the situation and I feel like he is like super just like transparent and authentic about it. You can send the calendar invite they can accept it. You can show up and they don't show up and what are you supposed to do? And Scratchpad is like similar where they're just you know like playing off of that and not shying away from difficult conversations. And another thing that why this layers in so nicely is because if you have a partnership with an influencer or uh, a group or a person or whoever it is, that they are successful of their own. People always talk about like, well, you can borrow their audience. And it's like, that's not really how this stuff works at all. There's a million examples of times where people just try to like borrow a celebrity's audience and that doesn't work. It's not about that. It's about co-creating something with them that is unique and special. So what's cool that Scratchpad has done is they're going to have this like, you know, medium level show, uh, medium level meaning something that is still interesting and, uh, you know, entertaining. It's, It's like the edutainment sort of level show, which is their podcast that they do now. They're going to have something that's a little bit more higher up the brand funnel that's going to be this cool eight-part series that hopefully gets a lot of ears and eyes on it. And then when you dig into their resources, they also have a one-to-one sales workflow session that you can just like go onto their website and like look at their workflow. And you can schedule a one-on-one session. And the goal of that is learn how to work faster, remove micro-blockers in your day-to-day, get your manager off your back. I'll just call my manager back. Probably wants to know where well, I haven't updated my pipeline because what's an update? Nothing's happened. No one's responding to my calls. No one's picking up. No one's doing anything. That's the thing. Get more time in market with customers, which will lead to better performance. So they actually back up all of the stuff that Corporate Bro believes. And like that's why it's so brand aligned. So when he talks about all these things in these videos, and when when they discuss all of these themes in the story that they're gonna tell. At the end of the day, how do you get one-on-one support? They have a tool that you can just go do that right now. And obviously you can buy their software, but the fact that they're being helpful and like backing up this means that they're invested in it. It means they're invested in their audience. So let's sort of just like recap real quick. So the things that I think are like 
super important for marketers to take away from Corporate Pro is first off, like using satire, trying to be funny is something that works really well. How do you do that? You should just take a percentage of your marketing budget and say this is to create funny stuff. The second thing you should do is to create it in multi-channel, multi-format content so that you can be where your audience is. So that's probably on LinkedIn. It's probably on YouTube. It might be on TikTok. And it needs to be short-form video and it needs to be written and probably long-form video. Like if you can do that and it can be funny and you do that exercise, maybe you don't make a video series as cool as, as sales are dope, but at least you get the ball rolling into something that could be a little bit more engaging than the stuff you've been doing. Awesome. Well, thanks, y'all. And uh, thanks to everyone for listening. Tune in uh, next week for some more uh, great, remarkable content. Take care. Just kill me. Well, that's it for today. I hope you got some good ideas for your B2B content. Thank you for listening to Remarkable. I'm Ian Faison, CEO of Caspian Studios. Remarkable is created by the team at Caspian Studios. B2B podcast as a service. Caspian also creates fiction series for B2B companies. So if you want a business thriller, you can learn more at caspianstudios.com. Hollywood style storytelling for B2B. And in today's episode, you heard from myself, Ian Faison, Colin Stamps, our podcast launch manager, Monica Das, B2B content marketing manager, and Meredith O'Neill, senior producer here at Caspian Studios. Remarkable was produced this week by Meredith O'Neill, mixed by Scott Goodrich, and our theme song is Solomon by Falak. Be remarkable and rise above the noise. <laughs>